I'm checking the clock, so I see it now. So, Amen. How are you all? Jubilee, amen. Um, have you, did you sing the Jubilee has come? You didn't sing that. Come on, Dennis. What number is it? Number 18? I know a lot of people had written a lot of songs. Uh, this is my humble offering, number 18. And I think I wrote it before anybody wrote anything on Jubilee. <laughs> so this is the original. This is the real McCoy, okay? You can forget other songs, you cannot forget this one. <laughs> All right.
Jesus, tonight we praise you Amen. at the real Jubilee. Amen. You are the Jubilee Christ. Amen. You are the Jubilee Jesus. Amen. You are the Jubilee God. Amen. Oh, the Jubilee has come. Amen. God has come. Amen. Christ has come. Amen. Jesus has come. Amen. God's full salvation has come to man. Thank you for preaching this jubilee to us this whole week. Tonight we pray, Lord, give us a conclusion to your speaking to us, to your coming to us with a fresh and dear appearance. Lord, tonight above all, we pray appear to us once again. Appear to us in person appear to us as the Spirit, Amen. appear to us intimately, Amen. appear to us in reality. Amen. Lord, tonight we pray for that appearance. Amen. All we need is your appearance. Amen. Appear to us as a great light. Amen. Appear to us as the midday sun. Amen. Appear to us as shining from God. Amen as mercies that is descending from on high. Lord, reach us tonight with your very being. Reach our hearts, touch our spirits, enter our being in your dear person. Lord, attract us. Lord, arrest us. Lord, gain us. Lord, captivate us. Lord Jesus, open our eyes. Turn us from the darkness to light. Turn us from the authority of Satan to God. Grant us to receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in you. Lord Jesus, grant us all these things as a heavenly vision. Amen. 
reveal yourself to us as such a heavenly vision. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, tonight, my dear young brothers and sisters, I'd like to speak to you concerning the Lord's appearing. I know the message six tonight and tomorrow, number seven, are actually on the propagation of the Jubilee, and that we will touch. You don't need to worry about that. But I'm more burdened for the Lord's appearance, His appearance to you, to me. Now tonight, I'm here standing, speaking in my mind to three kinds of people. Number one, I'm speak to I'm speaking to your whole generation. I know there's only 2,800 here, and some of you are actually older than this present generation. But anyway, my burden is for this entire new and upcoming generation, which I understand they, conven they conveniently label as Generation Z, the last generation. The millennials among us, sorry, you are Generation Y. I believe many of you who are now entering into college this year or who have been in college for a couple of years, you are the vanguard of Z, and there would be many that will follow you who are also part of Z. And I speak to the Z generation tonight. The second group of people I'd like to speak to is in fact you who are sitting here, 2,800 or rather 2,000 or 1,900 of you who are actually students in various colleges in this country and elsewhere. So I'm speaking to you. The third group of people that I'd like to speak to tonight is each of you. I speak to you tonight personally. I wish I can be in front of you, I wish you'd be on a sofa there and I'd be on a sofa here. And I would not be speaking to anyone else except you who are sitting in front of me. I cannot do that, I know. But tonight, in my spirit and in my heart, I'm speaking in that way. Now, concerning the appearance of the Lord, 
which is very much what is covered in Acts 26, verse 16 to 19, that whole section. Actually, what we have here in the outline does not cover that whole story of Paul's conversion, so-called. And just to give us a little context, I'd like to read that to you. And so I start with actually verse 9. And I will conclude with verse 19. Because it is important tonight for you to see something of this person to whom Jesus appeared. I'm speaking of none other than the Apostle Paul. So tonight, I want to talk about this person with you. And I want to talk about the appearance, the appearing of the Lord that he received. I like to talk about the result of that appearing. And I like to apply that to everyone here. Well then, Paul was standing in front of King Agrippa. Actually, there are three separate accounts of Paul's conversion. The first was simply the account itself given by the writer of the Acts of the Apostle, maybe the physician Luke. That is in chapter 9, I believe. And the second was Paul's version of his conversion. And that was speak it, spoken to a particular audience, and that audience being his own brothers, those who kept the same tradition that he swore allegiance to. But at that point, these brothers of his, the Jews, was in a riotous situation. They were against him. Sure, he was one of them. In fact, he was tops among them. But now, this same Saul of Tarsus had returned to Jerusalem, a changed man. He still had hope, the same hope of his fathers. But the difference is that these Jews were still hoping. But this man found that hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man. And they didn't like that. They said, you have joined this thing called the Way, capital W, Way. They're called the Way. And they think that this Way that 
Paul once persecuted is a far-out sect, heretical sect in the minds of the Jewish people who say there is a Jesus. He didn't just die, crucified, and buried, but he resurrected on the third day. And now he has poured out his spirit and he's living in and among these people called the way. They profess this Jesus. This is some kind of new religion. In fact, this Jesus who claimed to be Messiah, the Son of Man, the Son of God, blasphemy, blasphemy. So in the same way that Saul used to do away with such people by arresting them, by imprisoning them, by prosecuting them, by voting to have them killed and punished. Today, he's one of them. And so in front of these Jews, he gave his version of the testimony, somewhat designed for their listening. In chapter 26, which we're reading now, we're going to talk about what this week is about, especially the morning line, is the third version of Paul's conversion. And this he gave in front of the king Agrippa, a descendant of Herod, the king of that region by Galilee. When Festus, the governor, couldn't quite handle him, this Paul, with his wisdom, with his speaking, he turned it to King Agrippa. And so there he was, Paul giving his defense in front of the king. So here's what Paul said. I thought to myself in those days that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus the Nazarene, which also I did in Jerusalem. And I both shut up many of the saints in prison when I had received authority from the chief priests and cast a vote against them when they were being done away with. He did this. And in all the synagogues, I punished them often and tried to compel them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged at them, he was mad. He was filled with hatred. He was in a state of rage towards these people. 
I persecuted them even as far as foreign cities. So, engaged in these things, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and a commission from the chief priests. And so, on the way, listen, on the way, with a mandate to arrest all those who call on the name of the Lord, the Christians, the believers, on the way, at midday, that's 12 noon, on the way, I saw, O King, a light from heaven, beyond the brightness of the sun, shining around me and those who journey with me. So Paul told it as it was. He didn't resort to some other kind of explanation, some eloquence of words. He just told it as it was. This is what happened to me. A light from heaven, beyond the brightness of the sun. Now, none of us should look at the sun with our bare eyes. Am I right? Much less a noonday sun, unless you want your eyes or whatever, your retina burned. And that day, there was a brightness more than the brightness of the noonday sun. I cannot even conceive of the degree of its brightness shining around me and those who journey with me. And when we all fell to the ground, I believe that light was so strong that Saul took a look. I think so. I cannot prove it, but I think so. Immediately, he became physically blinded. He couldn't see a thing. And in other testimonies, he testified to that until a certain Ananias lay hands on him and he saw again. In other words, this heavenly light blinded this man. I know later on, the commission from Christ to Paul was to open their eyes. But I'd like to tell you, before man's inner eyes can be opened, their other eyes have to be first blinded. And oh, only one kind of light can blind our eyes, open to other things, people, affairs. That is the light from heaven. And so without sight, Paul or Saul can only do one thing, that is to hear. 
He had no seeing ability anymore. He had to resort to the audio rather than the visual. And a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Of course, we all know, many of us, that is a huge me. This me is Jesus, the head, and this me is the members of his body, the Christians, whom Paul or Saul was actually physically persecuting. So Jesus was telling him, why are you persecuting me? These believers, these people that you hate, they are me. They're part of me. Saul never, never, never in the wildest dream would think that way. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And I said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? He hasn't seen him. He didn't know him. But something within him caused him to say, Lord. Whoever confess Jesus as Lord will be saved. Whoever say Jesus is Lord will drink of the Holy Spirit. At that moment, Saul was saved. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. I am Jesus of Nazarene whom you persecute. You're persecuting these people. Let me tell you, I'm in them. I'm one with them. I'm part of them. They're part of me. So in persecuting them, you're persecuting me. They're all little Jesuses. Tonight, I'd like to ask you, are you Jesus? Yes or no? Are you a little Jesus? You don't sound sure. You see, that's why you need the appearance of the Lord so much so you jump up and say, I am part of Jesus. I am part of Christ. I'm no longer just a believer of Christ. That believing into him resulted in an organic union between me and him. So now I am part of him. I'm crucified with Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live in oneness with him. Then the Lord from the heavens said this, but rise up and stand on your feet. First, the light has to knock you down. 
The light has to knock you down. You're too strong, headstrong. You're stubborn. You're intransigent. You're boiling with your kind of rage, with your purpose to do something against me and my church, to ravage it, to destroy it, to destroy me. I have to knock you down first. But now, rise up. Stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. I want to get you to get it tonight, brothers and sisters. I have appeared to you for this purpose. Jesus appeared to Saul with a purpose, with a purpose. God does not appear to man in a purposeless way, in a random, meaningless, goalless fashion. No. Every time God appears, he has a purpose because he is a God of purpose. Starting with Abram in the land of Chaldea, the God of glory, Stephen said, before he was stoned, appear to our father Abraham, Abram. And with that appearing, God, would promise to him and lead him to the promised land, Canaan, for the fulfillment of his purpose, of his economy, of his plan. That's why he appeared to Abram. He appeared to Moses on the back of the mountain, as a burning bush with a purpose that this now 80-year-old Moses would lead his children, the children of Israel, out of 400 years of Egyptian tyranny, of bondage under Pharaoh to lead his people out to tell Pharaoh let my people go for this he appeared to Moses bring my people out and bring my people in the land again that land again I hope after this week, brothers and sisters, you love that land. I'm not talking about Palestine physically. I'm talking about Christ, the land, our allotted portion as saints in the light.
God appeared to Ezekiel. God appeared to Daniel. God appeared to Isaiah. God appeared to many of the Old Testament prophets for a purpose to give them visions of himself, of his house, to reveal to them his desire, his judgments, his love, his wrath, his mercies, to speak to them about their fate, that is Israel. Even in Daniel's case, to show him something of eternity. Then in the New Testament, Christ appeared now in that little man, Jesus. That was not just incarnation. That was the appearing of God. That was the springing up of a great light. That was the midday sun coming in flesh and blood in this little man, Jesus. He appeared for a purpose to gain his disciples, to preach his gospel. to teach concerning his kingdom, to heal, to raise the dead, to feed, to minister, and even in the end to be crucified on the cross for our redemption. And in resurrection, he reappeared. He had to reappear again. Now, not as Jesus in the flesh, but as the Spirit in resurrection. That night, in the upper room, they were scared to death. He appeared. And he said, peace to you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And he appeared again, I said, for a purpose to, to, to Emmaus. And he appeared, according to record, to another 500 of saints, probably men and women. And on that day, many days before the Pentecost, he appeared for the last time, physically, in ascension this time. The Lord kept re appearing and reappearing. 
Even in ascension, it was open. You can see him rise with angels about him, promising that, that the day will come, I will appear yet again, and I will come back to this Mount of Olives, and that will be my return. I'll tell you, God works by appearing. He accomplishes his economy by appearing in many ways. And tonight, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, you all need his appearing again and again and again. So after even he ascended to the heavens, he appeared again from the heavens, firstly to Stephen when he was being stoned and martyred. Twice he said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That appearance of the enthroned Son of Man comforted Stephen as he was about to die, encouraged him, strengthened him. I tell you, every martyr, true martyr, is one who dies with Christ's appearance. So they die with the face of an angel. In fact, it was because Stephen said, I see his appearing that these Jews people just gnashed their teeth and stoned him to death. They hate the appearance of God. Then finally, the Lord appeared again, this time not in an image, not even in an image, but just a great light with a voice to Saul. You know, Saul, I'd like to say something to you. You have to appreciate his background to appreciate this appearing of Christ. I don't have the time, but I'll just make references to you to show you why this man needs that kind of unusual appearance. Just reference. You And here and there in his epistles, Paul actually gave more of his testimony in this way. You know, Paul was no ordinary Jew. He was no ordinary, you know, law-keeping Jew. He belonged to the strictest sect of the Pharisee who kept the law of Moses to the T. 
and he sat under one Gamaliel, the top Jewish teacher of the law. Yes, he was born in Tarsus, in Caesarea, but he quickly moved to Jerusalem, the center of this law, of this religion, this God-given religion based on the Mosaic law. They were proud. They would die. They would spill their blood for this. He was circumcised on the eighth day. Well, to you and me, that means, you know, sure. Of the race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, you know, they're called zealots. That's where the word zealots comes from. You, you, you're not just kind of giving lip service to your religion. I mean, you are going to die for this. As to zeal, persecuting the church. Now, now you couldn't get better than that. You, I mean, talk about his resume, talk about his CV, you could not do better than Saul. I mean, someone that persecutes the church, I mean, this is like stars over here. This is like Medal of Honor, you know? As to righteousness, which is in the law, become blameless. That's this person on his way with letters from the chief priests to persecute, arrest, and eventually kill the Christians. My goodness, this top dog of Judaism was like this way. I tell you, only this heavenly midday light can stop someone like this dead in his tracks. And not only so, may I use this word, and flipped him around. God need to flip him around 180 degrees. A person who is just saturated, permeated, living and dying for this religion. No one can change this person except Jesus himself, and in an extraordinary way. And he said this, Paul said this, he appeared to Cephas, to the 12, to over 500 brothers. Then he appeared to James and the apostles, and last of all, he said, he appeared to me also, as it were to one born prematurely. In some other version it says one born abnormally, abnormally, like a stillborn. In his days, if you're born premature, your chances of survival is almost like this. That means Paul, 
Paul's ways of saying that to be born maturely is, I don't have a chance. I mean, based on my resume, I don't have a chance. Brothers and sisters, this is why Saul in Timothy, in 1 Timothy, he says what? He says, I must read this to you. Faithful is the word and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. Now, there are a lot of sinners and Lot did a lot of bad things. Maybe some of us did some bad things, but I can guarantee you none of us did something that Paul did, that Saul did, and that is he wasted the church of God. Now, you couldn't do anything worse as far as sin goes in touching the Lord's church in that kind of way, killing his members. It's almost like maiming Jesus, dismembering Christ all over again. Physically, he died on the cross. Now, this man wants to re-crucify him again in his members. But because of this, I was shown mercy. In me, the foremost, he repeated that word again, in the foremost, the foremost, I am the worst. Jesus Christ might display all his long-suffering for a pattern to those who are to believe on him unto eternal life. And dear young brothers and sisters, none of us are as bad as Saul. The Lord's appearing to us should be a lot easier than that. You don't need a noonday sun. You don't need to be physically blinded. But spiritually, young people, you still need it. You still must have your way to Damascus experience. You still must have your Damascene conversion. And I refer you to another testimony of this man in Galatians. I want to make known to you, brothers, concerning the gospel announced by me, it's not according to man, neither did I receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my manner of life formally, he goes back to this again in Judaism, that I persecuted the church of God excessively and ravaged it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries in my race, being more abundantly a zealot, zealot 
for the traditions of my fathers. Paul can never erase from his being, from his memory, how bad that he was once. And how, how, what mercies God lavished on him. He would never forget this. But when it pleased God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, that was in Damascus, on the road to Damascus, to reveal his son in me, that I might announce him as the gospel among the Gentiles. Immediately I did not confer with flesh and blood. I didn't go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. I went away to Arabia and again returned to Damascus. That was his second time to Damascus, now a different man, an apostle, one armed with revelation from God. Who knows what he saw in Arabia? Things in the third heavens, revelation and voices and things that he could not speak for 14 years. My point, my point is, Paul did not see Jesus once. Paul kept seeing Jesus again and again and again and again and again. And what he saw as revelation of Jesus Christ became the gospel that he preached. In Christ's appearance, Saul was called. Every appearing of the Lord is a calling from the Lord. Peter said, we are called by his glory. Starting with our forefather, Abram, Abraham, that appearing of God of glory called Abram out of the land of idols to the good land. Now, brothers and sisters, let's come back to us. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to anoint you as a minister and a witness, both of the things in which you have seen me. Again, brothers and sisters, seen me. It's not about what you learn. It's not about what you know. It's about what you saw. It's about who you saw. It's about seeing Jesus. It's about the revelation of Christ. One view, one gaze, one look on Damascus changed this man's life forever.
He was flipped 180 degrees from a persecutor of Jesus to one who is now getting persecuted. From one who aimed to kill the way to be one now who is a leader of the way. Who one, from one who say this Jesus is just a rebel, a lunatic, a criminal. Now, this man, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the very God himself. What a change. What a change. Now this man, by virtue of seeing this vision, is a minister and a witness. I'd like to talk about that tomorrow. But I'd like to continue to emphasize this point it says, a minister and a witness boast of the things in which you have seen me and of the things in which I will appear to you. So this makes it very clear that the first sight was me, this great universal me on the way to Damascus and the things which I will appear to you was things he continued to see in Arabia and beyond. Paul will keep seeing. Paul will receive vision upon vision. And all that, listen, is to open the eyes of man to turn them from darkness to light, to turn them from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. This verse 18 with seven points actually was what Paul saw that day. In fact, he saw it by hearing because he lost his sight. But he heard. He heard with his ears these things. And now with its inner eyes open, though the physical closed, he saw what he heard. And each of these items here, number one, the opening of eyes. Number two, the turning from darkness to light. Number three, the turning from the authority of Satan to God. Number four, 
the receiving of forgiveness of sins, number five, to be sanctified, number six, to receive that inheritance, and number seven, to be with those. These things would become Paul's experience. And that would also become his message. So, dear brothers and sisters, tonight I'm not here with any burden whatsoever to give you a message. Tonight, my burden is that you would have the Lord's appearing. And I like that you would not only have the Lord's appearing, but you would have the Lord's re-appearing. According to this heavenly vision of the Jubilee, I hope this week all the messages you heard, all the words that you received would become not knowledge, but visions to you. I hope that you will pray that all these things that you found out about the Jubilee, the release from bondage, the return to God as your possession, the coming home to your kinfolks in the church. This gospel of grace in the New Testament, this full and complete Christ in his fullness, would be the very jubilee that you see as a vision. And this vision will cause you to pray and pray that this, these things will become your experience. And this experience will cause you to bring this to others. Now, if I may, just briefly share with you my story again, my personal story. I might have done it four years ago here, I don't remember. I'd like to share with you my story in the context of the Lord's appearing. I'm a church kid, but a bit of a this extraordinary church kid in that my parents were not in the church life. It was my dear grandmother <clears throat> whose burden for me 
and ceaseless prayer over many years in my childhood that caused me to be saved. And I saved just on time, like some of you church kids, right on the dot, which is the end of my sixth grade. It's when I received the Lord and where I was baptized. So I entered into seventh grade a believer. But like probably many of you, I did receive the Lord. And it was a genuine experience of salvation. But I was young. And there were many things tempting me. I got a lot of friends in school. And within me, after a while, I became smart, right? Well, everyone at that age thinks they're smart. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. This is maybe, maybe just my grandma's old religion. Just his, her religion. And in the church at that time, there were kind of a fair share of older folks. Not that many young people. And so, in so many words, I took off for a few years. So I was a runaway church kid. I was, for a period of time, a prodigal myself. But I'd like to tell you that God, the faithful one, was not only faithful to the prayers of my grandmother and others, merely for my salvation, but also for my restoration. So I must tell you, in my senior year, that would, I would actually say in my junior year, halfway, and into my senior year in high school, For no reason, for no reason, to this day standing here, I cannot tell you a reason. The Lord started to appear to me. The first time was in a retreat, a one-week retreat for high schoolers. That's why I love retreats because something happened to me. In that retreat, for the first time I heard a word on 2 Corinthians 4, that I was a vessel. And there is a treasure now in our earthen vessel. I hardly knew much more than that, but that word caught me. And in that retreat, for the first time, I touched the Lord in a living way, in an undeniable way, in what we used to call the morning watches. 
the morning watches. For the first time, I pray, I call, I pray read to the best of what I knew what to do. But the main thing was this, that I touch the Lord. Then, being the bad kid that I was, I lied to the, my serving ones so that I could get out of that retreat two days before it ended. And they all believed my lie. You say, how can you lie and God still appear? Well, it's easy to answer. How can this man going to kill Christians have the appearing of Jesus? I mean, he's a lot worse than me. That's why I say, Paul was a lot worse. I'd like to tell you, when God set his eyes on you, that's it. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, God chose before the foundation of the world. God foreknew before the ages. God marked out in his pre-knowledge each and every one of us. And in time, and only he knew the times and the seasons, he would come to call. He would come to appear and call. And so I was given a book, leaving the camp. And I'll tell you, that whole way, it was a 40-minute bus ride back to town, the whole way going to do not-so-good stuff with my buddies, high school buddies. The Lord appeared. I cannot deny that. The appearance was so strong that the entire time in that bus ride, I was just soaked with the love of God. You know, when divine love appears, when divine love comes, it's not only irresistible, It penetrates. It takes over. There's a song that this love presses on its way, and that's what it did. The whole time, I could do nothing, brothers and sisters, nothing but weep. But it was not just the weeping. I never felt Jesus so close, so dear, and so real. 
Mind you, I don't know a thing about God's economy. I don't know a thing. One thousandth of what I know today. But it didn't matter. I saw Jesus. And I felt Jesus. About eight months later, during which time God continued a personal work in my life of knocking down, I must tell you, of knocking down. I thank the Lord for his wisdom, even with a young person, a high school senior like me. That's why, by the way, I don't believe High schoolers are too young to be called by Christ. I absolutely do not believe that. Knocking me down, one thing after another, that things that would happen to a senior in high school. But to me, it was devastating things. The Lord had to take me to a point of desperation. Brothers and sisters, if things would happen in your life that would take you to such a point, don't be weary. Don't be afraid. The Lord is readying you for his further appearance. Trust me. Trust me. Eight months later, in February of that year, of my senior year, and always and remember this because that was the day of my grandma's birthday, through a big banquet for the clan co-extended family, he, she being the matriarch. <clears throat> and again, the unbelievable, unexpected happened. That night, after the meal, I found myself in the room with my cousins. And the next thing I will tell you is purely inexplicable. I don't often talk about this. I don't want to. But I will tell you, the Lord came again. This time, more than the last. This time, he came very, very clearly as the Holy Spirit. which is says he himself transfigured. But as the Holy Spirit, he came. And that night, I did not know how long, because when you're filled with the Spirit, when you're baptized by the Spirit, you lose track of space and time. 
You're simply in eternity, in the spirit. There I was, I don't know how long, hours maybe. You say, doing what? I'll tell you, just bathing, basking, swimming in this incredible agape love of God again. That word in Romans about the Spirit being poured out in your hearts, or rather the love of God being poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's never so real to me. There I was. I do not know whether to cry. I do not know whether to laugh. I didn't know whether to scream. I didn't know whether to sing. In our parlance today, this week, I was totally in a trance. In a trance, not knowing where is heaven, where is earth. I was using another word this week in just a state of ecstasy. This joy that no human language can describe. The feeling that no human words can really describe. In that situation, a few things happened. Number one, for the first time, I receive the forgiveness of sins. I have never in my whole life up to that point repented of my sins so thoroughly. I was actually on the floor, totally on the floor, not even kneeling down. Just on the floor. Crying, confessing of sins one after another that I was brought to me by the Spirit. And you know when confession is effective, when there is an inward registration of being forgiven. There's no doubt in my mind that every sin I confess that night, I receive immediate instant forgiveness from God. And oh, the relief, the weight that left, the freedom from the guilt and bondage, the release, you cannot, you cannot use human words to describe. The second thing that happened, automatically, I just start this non-stop as if consecration to God. I don't know where it came from. No one taught me even about consecration. The result of the Lord's appearing is you just, you just offer up yourself with all that you have, all that you are, 
everything, you, you, just, you, you just run out of things to give to the Lord. And I didn't have much, you know, high school senior, what do I have? But the Lord wanted everything that I was and had. That he wanted. You don't want money from me because I didn't have much. I, what did I have? No, he didn't want anything. He just wanted me. He just wanted me. And so give me. Just, just give me yourself. Just give me yourself. So I have to give and give and give. Thorough consecration as a result. No one taught. The third thing, it's very much like Saul, and I'm not saying I'm Saul, I'm just saying that experience. I said, Lord, at the end of this, when I came to a little bit, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Tell me, what do you want this high school? What, what do you want me to do? No voice came. No, no voice came. But within me, there's just this strong, strong feeling arising. I said, Lord, I'm giving my whole life. to serve you. The rest of my life. I don't know what's all, what my life is going to be about. I don't know what, you know, what will happen the next month. I don't know. I just don't know. But I said, Lord, Tonight, I'm, I'm telling you this. As far as I'm concerned, not knowing a thing, what future lies or, you know, holds. I said, Lord, remember this. I said, Lord, I may forget tonight. I may even forget all the promise I made to you. But I said, Lord, don't forget it. Please don't forget it.
that was my second appearing from the Lord. The third, the same six months later, I was on a ship, a boat, you know, big ocean liner. I'm a real, I told you I'm a real FOB. <laughs> I literally came on a boat, fresh off the boat. Everyone was flying by then, 747707, that's a dinosaur, but they had started um, uh, uh, Trans-Pacific flights. I still was on a slow boat to San Francisco. The ship's name is President Cleveland. It's called President Lines. The whole boat is full of young people like me coming to the U.S. to study. By that time, I got my uh, I-20 to go to Oregon to study college. I was on the ship, boatload of people like me, families, friends, all on the pier. The streamers, you know, the whole works. I couldn't even find my family because it was mooring away the big ship. So I left everybody and went to the upper deck all by myself. Full moon that night. You know, didn't have much still at that time. I had my dad's World War II duffel bag from U.S. military issue. I had my uh, some World War II bomber jacket that was from my dad, and the back of a box of books, something like that. And yes, my West German Adler portable typewriter. and my Nikon camera, SLR, pretty good. <laughs> I went up there, I looked at this, the sky. I said, Lord, here I go to US. I said, everyone, on this boat are going there for their education, for their career, you know, for their future. <clears throat> I said, Lord, I remind you again. I told the Lord this. I, Lord, I remind you again that I am not going to the U.S. for degrees and for a career and for a better life. I am going to the USA to serve you. I told the Lord that. And that at that moment, the same feeling of the Lord's personal presence, which really is his appearing, embraced and enveloped me once again. Since that time, my coming to this country, I got my degrees, 
couple of them. I got my job. I did my thing. But I'd like to tell you, brothers and sisters, the real thing that happened to me was my journey in the last 52 years in the USA was the Lord's continual, continuous reappearing to me time after time after time. And the Lord's faithfulness to his own choosing, faithfulness to his own foreknowledge, faithful to his own calling. God never repents of his calling. That I, in a small way, was able to participate in the same ministry as the Apostle Paul, the New Testament ministry of Christ and the church, the big me, the big me. To have a share in this commission, this sevenfold commission, that was given to Paul to live a life of purpose because that purpose is divine. And young brothers and sisters tonight, I like to speak this to you, that you will have at least a similar appearing from the Lord. I'm not saying our appearance should be the same. Everyone is different. The Lord's graces are abundant and multiple. Appear to this person this way and that person that way. But nevertheless, he appears. And so tonight, I come to this point I don't know what to do what should I do I pray along with many saints who have been praying, I know that, for you, that this training in Champaign-Urbana <clears throat> will be life-changing. For many of you, this may be a flip like Paul like Saul. For many of you, it may be a further appearing of Jesus. 
some of you, the first time, you may be a church kid, you may be around, have been around, you may know a few things. But tonight, my burden is a direct, personal, intimate, powerful appearing by the Lord to you. And this would more than a one-night affair, but that this will set the course, as in the case of Saul. I have appeared to you so that you can see me, but I will continue to appear to you until you can fulfill my commission to so many others. So many sinners, so many unbelievers, so many of your peers, so many other dear young people whom God is after, whom God wants to gain, like he gained Saul. A person who is gained like this, who is arrested by the Lord like this, is a person whose life is one big jubilee. Jubilee is not going on a spiritual high. Jubilee is not even just singing some songs, although I love the songs. I'm contributing to that. Jubilee for sure is not just some truth points that you have found out from Leviticus. Jubilee is a life. Jubilee is a condition. Jubilee is a person. In fact, when I say person, I don't mean Jesus, I mean you. Our life, brothers and sisters, in college, your life, henceforth, will be a jubilee life. All four years of your college, and even for the rest of your life, you just be in a jubilee until the Lord Jesus appear the final time. Let me tell you then, the real jubilee will come. And that is in the kingdom, in the millennium, when we all have a 1,000 years jubilee, enjoying God as our portion, enjoying full release from everything not just of sin and these things, but of the whole old creation will be released with the freedom of the sons of glory. And a jubilee with all of God's people conjoined, built up as one kingdom and one household. And this will speed us along to the ultimate eternal jubilee 
which is the new Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, this is what this is all about. Today, we need to live, experience the reality of these things, and we need to pray that we would experience these things. And simultaneously, we will proclaim them, release them, propagate them, share them, teach them, preach them to all those around. And that would be our commission. So tonight, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. How about firstly this? Tonight you'll all go home. You'll have this in your back. You have this, right? I want you all tonight, when you go back, spend some time with the Lord. It's you and the Lord. This is the last night. You can sleep less. You'll be okay. I may not, but you'll be okay. <laughs> What's wrong with a night where time ceases? Well, what's wrong? What's wrong with us being crazy for the Lord? What's wrong? Write down in here, according to your inner sensation, according to the Lord speaking to you, according to his appearing, something, whatever that something may be. I don't know what the Lord will tell you. I don't know what the Lord would say to you. I don't know how he would touch you. I don't know. But I want you to do this. Okay? You don't need to give it back to me. I want you to have it and not throw this away and keep this with you for the years to come. Sorry, I know the time. Paul, Saul, because of the Lord's appearing, was entirely captivated and caught for the Lord. Once and forever, 180 degrees. It could be you. It should be you. It must be you. For the Lord to have his way. How about this? Or those of you who have some burden along this line to respond to the Lord in this way, come up here. Come up here. Now. <laughs> I'm not here stirring up emotion. I'm not here to do altar calls, what they call. 
I'd like to see a representative group of your generation with seriousness, heartfelt burden that you want his appearing to you. You want his purpose for you. You want to be those who have these seven items as your life and living. Actually, brothers and sisters, as you come up, I'm not asking you to testify. So they're standing there trying to testify. No, tonight we don't have that much time for testifying. I just want you up here. Come up here. Generation Z. Church kids. Newly saved brothers and sisters. This is not about a time for you to tell the Lord what you want to do for him. It's not that kind of a time. It's time to say, Lord, who are you? And Lord, what do you want me to do? Quickly, saints, we don't have that much time. And I hope that right now, those who come up and those who have not, no problem, all of us would be in a condition and spirit of prayer. And I'd like to have eight brothers join me right now. You know who you are. Please come up. Please let them come through and come up front. So come, come here. Come quickly, quickly. So it's up, up here in the front. Lots of room here. Amen. Amen. Yes. Right now, saints, right now, how about, uh, listen to me, right now, we are in the Lord's presence, and it's a solemn moment. It's not a form, but it's a solemn moment. We all would exercise our spirit to pray. And how about right now, uh, you all, you all in the front, you all up there, 
If some of you choose to just stand, go ahead. But pray with two or three. In fact, right now, how about this? I'm just following the Spirit as I speak. You all pray now by yourself. Everyone pray right now. This prayer. Quickly, quickly, brothers. We don't have the time. Quickly. Just pray, brothers and sisters, just pray. Okay, how about now pray with two or three, those who are close to you. Some of you know, some you don't, but pray. We like to, some of us brothers would like to take the opportunity each a minute or so or two to pray for you, Amen. Uh, the brothers here, all right? Amen. Oh Lord, Amen. tonight we call upon heaven and earth Amen. to testify Amen. of this occasion. Amen. You are here, Amen. we are here. The angels are here. Amen. Even the devil is here. Amen. The whole universe is observing. Amen. Even many in the clouds of witnesses of passings are also here. Amen. Tonight, in a pure conscience, Amen. from our spirit Amen. and from a burning heart, Amen. we open to you. Amen. We call on you. We say, Lord Jesus, appear to this generation of young people. Appear to this group of brothers and sisters. Appear to each one of them. Individually, personally, intimately, strongly, as only you can, starting tonight and for the rest of their lives. May they live to see you again and again and again. May they receive revelation and vision from you all the time. May they not be disobedient to that vision until you come back. Lord, call them. Save them. Keep them. Amen. Transfer them Amen. from darkness, Amen. from Satan, Amen. from death and darkness Amen. into God. Amen. Turn them Amen. from all darkness to light. Amen. Give them the re forgiveness of sins. Amen. Lord, sanctify them. Amen. Transform and change them. Lord, bring them into the church life Amen. to enjoy you Amen. and only you Amen. as the good land. Amen. 
as the allotted portion. Amen. You yourself, Amen. nothing else, Amen. as everything to them. Amen. Fill their life this way. Amen. Direct their life this way. Amen. Make them men and women of purpose. Amen. Your purpose Amen. for your joy and satisfaction. Amen. Hear this prayer, O Lord. Amen. We may forget, but you will not forget. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you all the thanks. Amen. You are the faithful God. Amen. You're the one who calls. Amen. You're the one who marks out. Amen. Thank you for your appearing. Amen. You have appeared to so many in the past, Amen. even to our forefathers. Amen. We pray, Lord, Amen. at this time, Amen. you would appear afresh Amen. to this generation. Amen. We pray for them Amen. in your name, Amen. for your appearing, Amen. for your calling, Amen. for your drawing to yourself, Amen. that this generation Amen. would be set apart That's right. for yourself, yes, for your purpose, yes, for your goal. Amen. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, do this in your wonderful name. Amen. Father, we thank you Amen. that you have previously appointed this generation Amen. to know your will, Amen. to see the righteous one, Amen. to hear the voice from his mouth. Amen. We pray, make each one of them Amen. a witness to you Amen. unto all men Amen. of the things that they have seen and heard. Oh, God of glory, Amen. appear, Amen. appear. Amen until each one receives a heavenly vision. Amen. Appear Amen. until the heavenly vision becomes their commission Amen. to go and proclaim the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. Amen. Oh, God of glory, appear Amen. until each one of them responds to your call. Amen. And they say, Lord, here am I. Amen. Send me. Amen. Lord, and we pray. Make this generation one that loves you, loves your appearing from today until the day they meet you face to face, until we are with you in the jubilee in your kingdom. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We love your appearing. Thank you for appearing tonight. You love to appear. We love to see you Amen. shine in our being, Amen. open our inner eyes, Amen. oh, eliminate everything else. Amen. We like to see Jesus only, Amen. touch our being, Amen. call us, Amen. we pray for everyone here, Amen. have the genuine calling by you, Amen. by your appearing, Amen. shine, Amen. Lord, open our eyes. Amen. Turn us from darkness to light, Amen. from the authority of Satan to God. Amen. Oh, forgive us our sin. Amen. Oh, we want to enjoy you Amen. to the uttermost. Amen. We want to be that people Amen. full of purpose Amen. because of your appearing. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you. You are here. Amen. We believe you are here tonight. Amen. 
your appearance is so real, Amen. so fresh. Amen. Lord, we've never been like this before. Amen. We pray for all of these young people. Amen. You would do with them Amen. what you did with us. Amen. Lord, for centuries, Amen. you appeared to your people Amen. all the way back to Abraham, Amen. to Moses. Amen. You yourself came Amen. 19 centuries ago. Amen. You appeared to Paul. Amen. Tonight, you have appeared to us. Amen. How we praise you. Amen. How we thank you. Amen. We could never love you enough. Amen. Lord, we give these young people to you. Amen. Do with them Amen. what you could not do with us. Amen. What you could not get through in us. Amen. Get through in them. Amen. Lord, here we are. Amen. Appear to us. Amen. Reveal more of who you are Amen. to all of these students. Amen. They would know who you are. Amen. They would see you clearer Amen. and clearer, Amen. nearer and nearer, Amen. dearer and dearer, Amen. and show them what they must do Amen. as they leave this college training, Amen. as they go back to their campuses. Show them what you want them to do. Amen. Cause them to be your appearing Amen. on their campuses Amen. to all those around them, Amen. turning those around them from darkness, Amen. from the authority of Satan, Amen. to enable them to see God, Amen. that you would gain not just these ones, Amen. but you would gain their generation. Amen on all the campuses, thousands upon thousands. Lord, how we praise you for this time. We thank you for every person in this room. We thank you, Lord, that we have been under your speaking. Lord, we're full of praise and thanks. Lord, we pray that every one of us would enjoy your appearing. Amen. Lord, appear to us where we are. Amen. Lord, may this be the generation that seeks your face. Amen. Lord, may we have a heart for you, Amen. a heart for your interests, Amen. a heart for your desire. Amen. Don't let us go. Amen. We mean business with you. Lord, we do thank you that there's a cloud of witnesses. Amen. Oh, Lord, you have handed us the baton. Amen. Lord, after 1,900 years, Amen. may we be those who finish it. Amen. May, the, may we be those who finish the race. Amen. May we run the race with you. Amen. Tonight, this generation has the baton. Amen. Lord, we stand with them. We're one with them. Lord, we pray they would finish it. They would close the age. They would stand one with you. Oh, Lord, for your interests here on earth. Lord, we call on Moses, Daniel, Paul, Peter, Watchman Nee, Witness Lee. We declare to them, Amen. we are here to finish what they've begun. Amen. Oh, Lord, 
we love you. May we be the crazy ones burning in love with you. May we bring this love to every campus. May we bring this love to our generation. Lord, and make us those who close the age. Lord Jesus, Amen. Lord Jesus, Amen. by your mercy, Amen. we want to tell you Amen. that we love you. Amen. We love you tonight. Amen. We love you at this moment Amen. more than we ever have Amen. in our entire lives. Amen. We love you. We want to pour out our heart on you. We want to pour out our lives on you. Amen. No one, nothing compares to you. Amen. You have captured our hearts. Amen. Remove every idol. Amen. Remove everything that has cheated us. Amen. Remove everything that has deceived us. Amen. We repent. Amen. You know all those things. Amen. Just take them away. Amen. Give us your grace Amen. to walk with you every day. Amen. That this would not be an event, Amen. but a living. Amen. We want to go back and have a living Amen. in the Jubilee. Amen. Lord, bless these dear young people. Amen. Look upon them. Look upon all of them, Amen. whether they're standing or sitting, Amen. they have seen you tonight. Amen. You have appeared to yes. them Amen. in your mercy. Amen. Oh, Father, Amen. look at everyone here. Amen. We are not much, Amen. and we make no promises. Amen. We know we are the worst. Amen. We know we are the chiefest sinners. Amen. But you have called us. Amen. You have appeared to us. Amen. We don't know why. Amen. And tonight we don't care why. Amen. Because you love us. Amen. You called us. Amen. And by your mercy, amen. we answer the call. Amen. We just say amen. 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 Please, Father. Complete the good work Amen. that you have begun, Amen. that you have furthered tonight. Amen. We trust you Amen. to complete it Amen. until the day of Jesus Christ, Amen. until the day of your coming. Amen. We commit our lives to you. Amen. We can't do it. Amen. Please come and do it in us. Amen. We don't know why under your mercy Amen. and under your sovereignty Amen. you have chosen that this would be called Generation Z. Amen. But we believe it's because you yeah. want to finish. Amen. You want them. Amen. You want this generation Amen. to bring you back. Amen. So we say, why not us? Amen. And why not now?
We'd like to join you tonight. Amen. Don't, don't let anything compete with you. Amen. Nothing can compete with you, Lord. Amen. Tear any idols from our heart. Amen. Exercise your love and your jealousy over us. Amen. Gain us fully, Lord. Yes. We are only here for you. Yes. Our whole heart, Lord, yes. must be reserved for you. That's right. We ask you, Lord, to take away anything else. Amen that is in any competition with you. That's right. O Lord, win. O Lord, defeat. O Lord, gain our full heart. We don't want to be in the Jubilee in an outward way. We want to become the Jubilee. We want to become the good news. We want to live the good news. We want others to see what we have seen. Amen. We want others to join us. Amen. We want others that you could appear to them. Amen. So gain us, Lord. Amen. Whatever the price, right. whatever the cost, Amen. we give ourselves willing to you. Amen. Your love is as strong as death. Amen. It must be stronger, Lord. Amen. May your love be so strong within us. Amen. Your jealousy is cruel as shield. Amen. Exercise your full jealousy over us. Amen. Exercise it, Lord. Amen. Yes. We give ourselves to you. Yes. Lord, you know each one of these young people. That's right. It is not accidental that they were born at this time. That's Amen. Right. They are a part of this generation. Amen. They have not bowed their knees to Baal. Amen. They are for you, Lord. Yes. We consecrate them to you. Yes, Amen. Lord. Use them for your interest. Amen. 
their coming, their going is for your coming. Amen. We pray for each one. Amen. Look at each one yeah. with your sevenfold eyes. Amen. Embrace each one. Amen. Gain each one. Amen. We lay our hands on each one. Amen. Oh Lord, that you could have your full way. Amen. Be with each one. Amen. Be with each one on every campus. That's right. Cause them to run together. Amen. Amen. Oh, that they could bring you back. Amen. Amen. We consecrate each one yeah. to you. Amen. Amen. We say corporately, we love you. We love Amen. You. We don't love the world. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I just have one word uh, uh, while we're still standing here. It won't take long. And that is this. Uh, all the appearing in the Bible are extremely personal. Amen. Yes, God appears to his people in the cloud of fire, the, 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 the uh, cloud and the fire, fiery pillars. You may say that he appears to entire nation. But actually all the accounts of God's calling is a person at a time. Amen. So this kind of calling from God is extremely intimate and individual. Amen. So um, I would rather charge you tonight and in the coming days, you must spend much time with Him Amen. personally. So even tonight, Amen. I don't care you go till midnight as long as you don't bother people. You spend time with him. Amen. Tonight is the time. Amen. Now we're not talking about something magical happen, but we are talking about making a kind of a decision, opening our hearts and really Amen. consecrating ourselves afresh to him. Amen. And let him appear to you again. Amen. Specifically, use those five points yeah. as prayer. Amen. I think many of the prayers that the brothers prayed are based on those seven points, actually. Amen. Pray in this way. And then write down whatever the Lord may speak to you, however he appeared to you, write them down. If you fill that book, great. If you have just one page, no problem. Just write down something that it may be a kind of memorable thing between you and the Lord. Amen. Okay? Amen. And come back tomorrow for our speaking on the commission. See, God appears for two things. Num number one, God appears to call people. Number two, Amen. God calls, God appears to send people. Yeah. Tonight, this is a calling. Tomorrow, it's going to be a commissioning. Amen. 
Amen. of Generation Z Amen. with the view to bringing the Lord back. Amen. You. You're going to bring the Lord back. Amen. 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 Okay, you can stream back to your seats now. As you, as you return to your seats, please be careful about the audio equipment in the front. And as you're returning, uh, please listen closely to the announcements as well, because there are some very important items. So uh, firstly, uh, as Brother, Brother Menorah has mentioned that you have an extension to spend some time with the Lord tonight, all right? Only if you are spending time with the Lord, uh, you can aim for about midnight, and please stay within your dorms, right? Don't go outside, don't wander around. Stay within your dorms to spend that time with the Lord. And as uh, he also mentioned, make sure you bring your pocket notebook so that you can write down your consecration to the Lord and however the Lord touches you. So you, you got that? So it's okay. Keep, take care of your roommate as well. Take care of your roommate. Uh, stay in the dorms. You can go tonight all the way until midnight if you're using that time to spend with the Lord, all right? Only if you're using that time to spend with the Lord. Let's say, how about we sing uh, a brief chorus. I think many of us know it. It might be in your book. Uh, Lord, I just love you. I'll know that one. Lord, I just love you. 